So let's learn um, something else from Great Jewish Treasures. So my great-great-grandfather, his name was Rav Yitzchak Dov Halevi Bamberger. Um, my son, my youngest son is named after him, Yitzi. And um, he lived uh, in Würzburg, which is a, a city in Germany. And he was a great Paisik, a great rabbi, a great leader. And uh, he fought very strongly against the reform movement, which was very, uh, uh, you know, beginning to really gain popularity uh, throughout Germany, especially. And um, he uh, he wrote many, many svarim and Shiloh Suchuvas. So the piece that I used for him in the book was a, uh, a beautiful Kiddush cup that was presented to him when he was the rabbi in Würzburg for 25 years. On his 25th anniversary, they presented him with this Kiddush cup. It's very hard to see the scale of the cup from the picture, but it's a very large cup. I never really saw it in life, but I have a picture of it together with a bottle of wine, and it's almost as big as the bottle of wine. So it's, it's quite a large cup. And another interesting component of it is that there is a lid that goes on top of it, which is a strange thing. Did anyone ever see a Kiddush cup with a lid on top? Right, so why would it have a lid on top? That's the question. So there is a, uh, a Gemara in Psachim, and there Rav Yechanan says that whoever recites Havdalah on a cup of wine at the end of Shabbos, will inherit the world to come. So, what's your question on that, Gemara? What's the big deal? We all do that, right? That's not something that sounds like, uh, wow, that's a great school. Thanks a lot. Now I'm going to change my life. What? Is the person who says or everyone who listens in? No, everybody. Whoever listens in, whoever, if you go in on a Matzai Shabbos, you make Abdullah on a cup of wine, you have a ticket in Tailam Haba. It's great. Great news for us, right? Because I think all of us do that. So, um, but the Gemara is bothered, Shkayach, like this, it's a mitzvah, like, it's like anything else, like, why is this so special? And the Gemara says that, okay, let me explain a little bit more. It means that you have to leave over, that this person left over wine from Kiddush for Havdalah. What does that mean? So it's uh, not so clear exactly what it means, but there is, as generally there is, a uh, a, a, a disagreement, a debate in the Gemara uh, uh, amongst the Paiskim how to understand what this means. One of the major Mepharshim by the name of the Prisha says that a person should leave over some wine from Kiddush for the purpose of using it for Avdallah, at which point more wine is added. And the reason he gives for this is that since Havdalah, like Kiddush, sanctifies Shabbos, Kiddush sanctifies the Shabbos, and Abdullah at the end of Shabbos also serves to give Kedusha to Shabbos. That's just one is when Shabbos is coming in, one is when Shabbos is departing. So therefore, it's appropriate to use some Kiddush wine for Abdullah. Because of this, it was the minhag of the Wurzburger of, my great-grandfather, as well as the minig of other Ashkenazic greats, such as the Chassam Seifer, 
to pour some wine from Kiddush into a cup, which was then covered with a lid. And at the end of Shabbos, that cup was uncovered, filled with wine, and used for Havdalah. So now we understand a little bit why the Wurzbegarev's cup, or the cup that they presented him with, which he used, had a lid on it. Because in order to be Mekayim, this din, this special hider, it's not everybody, not everybody does this. So not everybody has this guarantee of the Gemara that you have a chilek on Elam Haba if you are one that uses uh, wine for Havdalah from Kiddush. But that's what certain people's minig is. I, I am embarrassed to say that I don't do that. I should do it, I guess, if it's my family minig. Maybe I'll start. But, um, but that's the minig. That was his minig. That you basically, if let's say this was Friday night or Shabbos morning, I, t- I make kiddush, and instead of just pouring it around to everybody at the table, I also would take my special cup with a lid, pour some wine in there, cover it, and then put it aside, and then Havdalah, you pull it out, and you un- uncover it, and fill it up with wine, let some overflow, and that's your mitzvah, your special Havdalah, because you've taken wine from Kiddush, and you've used it for Havdalah, that's a very special thing, because it sort of combines two different types of sanctifications of Shabbos. One on Shabbos itself, that's Kiddush, and then Havdalah as it's departing, but we take from the Kiddush wine, and we use it for Havdalah. Now, whenever we think of, whenever we see such a, a minag, or halacha perhaps, we have to try to understand, if we're thinking people, like what's the reason for this? What, what's the takeaway message? It's a nice thing, a nice minag, but what would be the takeaway message from this minag? that I should use wine from Kiddush when I'm making Havdalah. Does anyone have any suggestions? All ears. To hold on to Shabbos, like, to look forward to the next Shabbos, like, bring it in your mind, like, have it in mind that Shabbos is coming next week. That's a beautiful minute. It's a beautiful idea that you're taking, you're not just leaving Shabbos, like Havdalah, okay, goodbye, we're actually putting wine from Kiddush into our Havdalah cup as if like we can't part with Shabbos, right? We're having, we're still attached very much to the Kedusha Shabbos. We're not like, okay, good, let's just make Havdalah and go bowling. Like we want to like sort of hold on to the vestiges of Shabbos and that is, uh, as we see, uh, you know, by adding Kiddush wine, that does that. Beautiful. Any other ideas? I like it also. I don't even want to say what I'm going to say. But there's another idea. Any of you? Um, the Ksav Sefer gives a different, a little bit of a different explanation. He says like this. Kiddush symbolizes the holiness of Shabbos. When the Jews refrain from mundane activities in order to sanctify himself and study Torah. Because Really, Shabbos, and this is a very important lesson for us all, a lot of times people look at Shabbos as it's a day off, I don't have to go to work today, I get to chill, catch up on my reading, you know, I haven't, uh, I have a lot of papers due, I want to maybe study for some tests, want to catch up on some reading, I haven't read my books, my novels, my newspapers, my magazines. That's how some people pass Shabbos. 
the truth of the matter is that Shabbos is really not designed for that. That Shabbos is not like Sunday for the Gaim. It's not a day that you read the Sunday Times and you uh, wake up late and you, you chill. Shabbos is a day of rest, but it's a misnomer. It doesn't mean that it's a rest that you just chill and sleep all day. Really what Shabbos is designed for is it's a day to refill your gas tank, as it were, with Kedusha. And you're supposed to learn a lot on Shabbos. Shabbos is a time that we, we eat, we daven, but we're supposed to learn. We're supposed to learn Tyra at the meal, maybe learn Tyra after the meal, before the meal, at night. That's really what Shabbos is meant for. It's a day of Kedusha. It's not a day of reading Stam. It's a day of learning. It's a day of learning. It's a day of Devrei Tyra at the table. It's a day of sharing, uh, learning with the Chavrusa, going to Shirim. Havdalah, on the other hand, represents the transfer back from the world of holiness into the mundane. So where a Kiddush is a day of sanctification in terms of doing holy things, learning, davening, eating L'Shem Shalom, everything, Havdalah is a time that we're sort of segueing back into the weekday. We're going from holiness into the mundane. And during the week, very often, as we know, Learning Torah is often neglected for material pursuits. We don't have time to learn so much. I'm busy in college, busy going to get a job, I'm busy uh, playing ball, I'm busy watching movies, whatever it is that we're busy with, but we don't have that much time, unfortunately, or we don't make enough time to learn as we should. Rav Yechanan, who said that, the, that we're supposed to take wine from Kiddush and use it for Avdallah, is teaching us that at Havdalah, when entering the mundane weekday, care should be taken to bring along some of the Kiddush, the holiness of studying Torah into the weekday schedule. A person who lives this way is assured a place in the coming world. This guarantee, the Rabbi Echenon says, that if you are able to put some Kiddush wine into your Havdalah cup, that means that whatever we did on Shabbos, we should which is sort of what you said, right? It's not so different from what you're saying. It's just focused a little bit more on the terror aspect of it as opposed to the general holiness of it. But you're definitely on the same track. So if we learn Torah on Shabbos, which we should, we should also be putting some of that like um, secret sauce of Shabbos, as it were, that wine of Shabbos that's supposed to represent the limanat terror that we have on Shabbos, we should be putting that into the Abdullah cup, drinking from that as if to say, this week I really also want to transfer, make that, you know, that, that, that seamless uh, entryway from Shabbos into the week. Whatever I did on Shabbos in terms of being a holy person, acting the right way, being the right way, um, that's how I want to be during this coming week. I want to learn a lot, I want to daven well, I want to eat L'Shem Shemayim, whatever I did on Shabbos, assuming that the Shabbos we did the right way, I want to apply that into the weekday. That's how the Ksav Sefer explains this Gemara and this minig, really, of putting wine into a Kiddush cup and using that for Havdalah. It's interesting, just as an aside, um, this Shabbos, I, I'd sit over at my Shabbos table, um, a beautiful idea from the Briskarov, Rav Yitzhak Zev Salavechik, the son of Rav Chaim Salavechik, one of the greatest uh, rabbis of the, of the previous generation, he said as follows, 
in Zemiras, Shabbos, and the Friday night Zemer of, uh, I believe it's in Kol Shavi, so we describe Shabbos as Kechala Bein Re'eseha Mishubatza, like a kala, like a bride amongst her friends. Shabbos is like a bride amongst her friends. What does that mean, Shabbos is like a bride amongst her friends? It doesn't have a meaning. You need to understand what that means. Shabbos is like a, a bride amongst her friends. So you can understand it in many ways, I imagine, but the way the briskarab understands it is as follows. You go to a chasna, and there's a bride, there's a kala. He says, let's say you want to know what type of kala your friend got as, as his wife. So it's very hard to tell at a chasna. You walk into the chasna, you see a, a girl. She's all dressed in white. She's all, you know, tzniastik. She has a you know, long wedding gown with long sleeves, long dress. Uh, her, her hair has a you know, veil on it. She looks nice, but I don't know if she's a, you know, a, a good girl, not such a good girl, a from girl, a not such a from girl, a you know, party girl, a, a regular girl, a dominant girl. I don't know what she is. How do I know? Like, it's impossible to see. Possible to tell because all brides pretty much look alike at their wedding. They all look nice and made up and from and, and white, all dressed in white. Everything is nice. How do you know if you want to judge? Not that maybe we should be judging, but like let's say you'd want, you'd be curious what type of kala your friend got. How would you be able to tell? Excellent. You look, or maybe you don't look, at her friends, right? Because by seeing the type of friends she has, you know, now all of a sudden you get a very clear perception as to what girl she is. Because generally speaking, you know, if she has friends that are really from and like the or they're davening and they're like sneeze and whatever, so probably she's that way. If all her friends are like screaming and shouting and like, eh, eh, you know, like, uh, you know, doing shtick and like, you know, being not, not so sneeze and they're not dressed appropriately and they're like, you know, doing stuff with... So there's a good chance that that would really... Um, sort of demonstrate the type of girl the kawa is. Says the briskarov, Shabbos is very similar to that. Because Shabbos is a day that pretty much everybody, you know, all religious Jews, Orthodox Jews, more or less, they, they, they dress the same way, right? They all, you know, have suits and ties and they uh, Shabbos shoes and they, they come to shul and it's very hard to know you know, how, what type of yid he is on Shabbos. Because we all look alike. We're all davening in Shul Bavosh, we're hearing Chris Atar, listening to the rabbi's speech, maybe learning a little bit. How do you know, how do you know what type of yid this really is? So he says, you know how you know? You look at the Shabbos' friends. What are the friends of Shabbos in this case? If the, if the kala to her friends by Achas is a way of seeing how the kala is, what will be the friends of Shabbos that you'd be able to see what type of yid I am by, by and I can't judge by the chasna, by, by Shabbos, which is like our chasna, what would I look at? The friends of Shabbos. Who are the friends of Shabbos? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Those are the friends. Those are the friends that surround Shabbos. So, if you look at me on Shabbos, hard to tell. It's like a kala. I don't, you don't know who I am. We all look alike. But look at me on Sunday. Come back on a, on a Tuesday. Am I learning? Am I coming to Minyan? Am I, uh, 
Am I, uh, you know, am I being nice to people? Am I, uh, you know, am I doing the right thing? If I'm doing the right thing during the week, then Shabbos, I'm also good. I'm, I'm a kosher. My Shabbos is clean. My Shabbos is good. But if I'm not, I'm not. So when we're going on Matzai Shabbos and we're sort of segueing from, with the Kiddush wine from Shabbos to Chayel, it sort of is like a, 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 a wish to Hashem, like a prayer that I hope that just like my Shabbos was pure and clean, that it should also spill over to my friends, to Shabbos' friends, to Sunday, Monday, the whole week I'd like to be a little shabbos I'd like to be a pure, holy Jew even throughout the week, which is not so easy, right? Because we have a lot of distractions during the week. We have technology and we have, uh, you know, stuff that we do that, you know, that isn't always so great. But the hope and the prayer is that just like we did it on, on Shabbos, we learned and we did the right thing. That's how we want to be even in our business, even during the weekday, the mundane days of the week, we should uplift and make holy and special. And that's what's symbolized by this beautiful minig of taking wine from Kiddush and putting it into the Abdullah cup. And in my book, I sort of use this as a, uh, as a nice preface to something about the Wurzburger of himself. I'm going to tell you um, a story about him, a little bit about, about him that I think will really shed light as to, the, as to how he did this himself. He was a Yid that was able to really be Maisif Mechel HaKadosh to take the Kedusha Shabbos and to apply it during the week. When he was 20 years old, his father passed away very suddenly, and he, which forced young Yitzchak Dov to prematurely leave the yeshiva to support his mother and family. Although he had just been ordained, he got smicha at 20, he was reluctant to utilize the rabbin as a source of income. He didn't want to take money for being a rabbi. There were people throughout history, a lot of Svaradim definitely have that minig, and it's really a Mishnah in Pirkei that you're not supposed to use Torah as a spade with which to dig, meaning you're not supposed to really uh, earn your salary uh, with Torah. Torah is supposed to be pure and clean. You shouldn't be uh, taking a salary, although... Obviously, uh, you know, many people do take salaries, Rabbanim and Rabbeim and uh, Morris, and because that's just a fact of life. You need to live, and that's, you know, but Svardim, by the way, Svardish Rabbanim, a lot of them did not, uh, they, didn't take, they didn't take a salary for their parnas. A lot of them had their own occupations during the week. They were maybe, uh, I don't know, shoemakers, tailors. Uh, they had their own, you know, sort of commerce business that they were doing. And, uh, and then on Shabbos, they served as the rabbi, but they didn't want to take Parnassah from, from Tyra. So the Wurzburg Rav also um, did that. And uh, he opted, instead of taking a job as a rabbi, he instead opened a general store in his hometown of Wiesenbrunn. I was actually in this city. It's a very, very small town. It's like a one-horse town, a very, very teeny little German hamlet called Wiesenbrunn, that's where he was born, that's where he was raised, and it's not, I think, too far from Würzburg where he ended up becoming the famous rabbi, but he brought the holiness of the yeshiva into this chapter of his life, working only as much as necessary to provide for his family, meaning he wasn't looking to become wealthy from this general store, he wanted to make a little parnasa, enough to feed his mother, enough to feed his family, his siblings, and then go back to learning right away. He would even spend, he would spend the rest of the time toiling in the base medrash. Even while in the store, 
he spent much of his time poring over his Gemara so that customers who came to patronize his business often felt that they were disturbing his learning. Imagine you go into a store, you want to buy uh, you know, some, some groceries, and the store owner is like hunched over his Gemara like this, and when you come and want to pay, so like, he's, I think sometimes you'd say, isn't there any business other than mine that you can go and, you know, go and shop in? Like, what are you coming to me for? What do you, leave me alone, let me learn. So you know, he scared a lot of the customers off, but he, that's what he, he really wanted to learn. He had to make a basic income. That's all he wanted to do. And he, you know, he, I guess he did that. Although his trade may have dwindled as a result, Rabbi Bamberger's stature as a Talmud Chacham of the highest order was on the ascent, a rising star in the Torah firmament. Once he married, some two years later, his devoted wife, Rebetzin Kela, undertook the running of the store, meaning she took over the operation. She took over the store enabling her husband to reach ever higher in his true calling. And I thought that that was like a, a very nice sort of segue from what we were talking about, because that's what he did. That is what a Yid in a perfect world, and obviously we don't live maybe in the same world, maybe then things were a lot cheaper, you didn't need that much money to survive today. Unfortunately, things got very expensive and you need to make real money, but... In those days, he, whatever he did on Shabbos, his Kedusha of Shabbos, the Torah that he learned and all that, he took some of that wine from his Kiddush, from the Kedusha of the Shabbos, he put it into that special, um, that special Becher, that special goblet that was presented to him on his 25th anniversary as Rabbi of Würzburg. He covered it, and then he used that for Abdullah as if to say, I want that every single day of the work week should also be infused with the holiness of Shabbos. It shouldn't be just a strange, okay, I'm, a, I'm one way on Shabbos, and during the rest of the week, I put on my jeans and my, my sneakers, and I'm at it, I'm a different person, I have no ethics, I have no morals, I have no values, I don't learn, I don't die, I just I have to make that money. That's not what we're supposed to do, that's not why Hashem made us uh, who we are. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us in order to apply from Kiddush to Abdullah that the workday has a taste of Shabbos in it. And this is a picture, by the way, I took of his, of a sitter, his sitter. I actually, my father bought this on an auction, the sitter of the Ritzvah and this is the Havdalah, okay, the, the part of the sitter with Havdalah in it. And you see there's actually wine stains uh, from his wine, maybe from that Becher uh, that, that splattered onto this holy sitter. And again, this is the aside that I wanted to take away from Wurzbegarov. He was a person that really made his week uh, Shabbistic. He was able to be Meisif Mechel HaKadosh. He had, uh, was able to seamlessly combine and, and fuse together the holiness of Shabbos and the weekday because weekday is not divorced and totally separated from Shabbos. A weekday is something that uh, is really uh, part and parcel of Shabbos. In fact, uh, there's Machlekes Beishamah and Beishillel uh, about how to act during the week as we go towards Shabbos. So Beishamah, what he would do is every single day of the week, like on Sunday, he would go to the marketplace, he would buy uh, a piece of meat, and he'd say, wow, this is a really beautiful piece of meat, this, this I'm going to put aside for Shabbos. Monday, he'd go back to the, uh, to the marketplace, he'd find an even nicer cut of beef, and he'd say, okay, now this is for Shabbos, I'm going to eat for supper the meat that I bought yesterday. 
He did the same thing on Wednesday, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Every single day he would sort of replace it. But the point is that he was thinking about Shabbos every single day. And that's a, that was a very high madrega. Hillel, on the other hand, argued with Shami. He says, no, he had a different midah. He wasn't saying that Shami was wrong. Shami had a beautiful minute. But Hillel said, no, I buy on Monday, on Sunday for Sunday. I buy for Monday on Monday. Every day, but I have I have bitachin in Hashem that on that on Friday I'm going to get a beautiful cut of meat. So both of them were really living for Shabbos, but just with a different way of of, of conducting their affairs. One was li- literally buying things for Shabbos from Sunday, and others were thinking about Shabbos during the week, but having the bitachin that Hashem would provide when Shabbos arrived, the right piece of meat for me at that time. But every single day, we're supposed to be thinking about Shabbos, and we're supposed to thereby bring some of Shabbos into the week. When do we think about Shabbos every day by davening? Excellent. By the yaim. At the end of davening, we say, like this morning is, uh, today's Monday, right? So hayayim, yaim sheni b'shabbos. Today is the second day, Bishabbos, towards Shabbos. Shabbat Hayolavim. Why do we do that? Why don't we say today is Monday? Or just Hayyim Shani. What's Bishabbos? Because this is a Ramban. The Ramban says on the Pasuk of Zachar Asyam Shabbos Akacha, remember Shabbos to sanctify it. So what do you mean, remember Shabbos? On Shabbos itself, I don't, need to, I don't need to tie a bow on my finger that it's Shabbos. I know it's Shabbos. What's the mitzvah of remembering Shabbos? You know what the mitzvah is of remembering Shabbos? The Ramban says, when you might come to forget Shabbos, that's when you have to remember it. When do I come to forget Shabbos? Monday. I don't remember Shabbos. Shabbos, I, I just got past last Shabbos. That was two days ago. I have another five days to shop, to cook, to clean, to, you know, to prepare for next Shabbos. Not today. I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about my tests. I'm thinking about work. I'm thinking of making money, paying bills. Like, it's Monday. I'm thinking about Shabbos. That's where there's a mitzvah. According to Ramban, it's a mitzvah dairaisa, a biblical commandment on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to remember Shabbos. That's what we say. Ayayim, yayim. Shani B'Shabbos. He says, don't say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Those are Gaisha days. Shouldn't say today's Monday. You should say today is Hayyim Yayim Shani B'Shabbos. It's the second day towards Shabbos because that way I'm remembering that Shabbos is going to be coming soon. And so you should always be remembering Shabbos. Why do I have to remember Shabbos? Why is the Torah saying it's so important on Monday to remember Shabbos? Today's Monday. What do I have to think about Shabbos for? The answer is because of what we just learned today that Shabbos is not a day that's separate from the week. It could be if we choose to make it separate from the week, but really, a real Jew, and we're all striving hopefully to be real Jews, we want to be Shabbistic even during the week. Obviously, it doesn't mean we can't drive a car, it doesn't mean we can't write, it doesn't mean we can't, but what it does mean is that the priorities that we have on Shabbos should be ours even during the chayl, meaning every day of the week we should be davening and davening with a minion, we should be learning and learning well, we should be acting in a way that's uplifted and inspired and holy, that's what we should be striving for. There are yidin that, you know, during the week, they're, they're really don't, not much different than Shabbos, okay, yeah, they're, they're doing electric stuff, they're doing technology, they're doing, but their, their faces are glowing with the Kedusha Shabbos. They're living for Shabbos. They're living inspired. 
they're not only thinking about Shabbos uh, when it's uh, Shabbos, which is also a high madre, because we know that's even a challenge for us, but during the week also we're thinking about Shabbos, how, and we're thinking about Shabbos to make every single day a little holier, a little more special, a little bit closer to the Rebbe Nishleim. Okay, everybody.